Hey, what's up, family? Welcome again to the Let's Talk podcast. I am your host, Will Smith, and I am grateful that you have decided to join me on another episode. Listen, this episode is going to be a great one. We have some great things to discuss, um, and so I can't wait to get into it. So like I always tell you, put on your seatbelt, kick up your feet. The reason I tell you to put on your seatbelt and kick up your feet, because it may get rough, and then towards the end of the podcast, it may smooth out a little bit. So welcome to the Let's Talk Podcast. This is Will Smith. All right, so let's get into it. Um, there's a, a issue that I want to talk about, and I, I have, um, I wouldn't say ambivalent feelings, but there are some feelings that I have um, about um, how we in the church place people on pedestals, and when they fall, then we rip the rug from up under them, criticize them, and we pretty much throw them away uh, and kick them to the curb, so to speak. And we deem them as almost useless. And it is as if this God of grace that we talk about no longer exists in the life of the person. So the topic of this podcast is called Addiction, Leandria, and the Black Church. Addiction, Leandria, and the Black Church. Why did I name it this way? Um, I, I named it this because I was on Instagram and, you know, doing my normal Instagram surfing, you know, swiping up and down. And I come across uh, the Instagram page of Leandria Johnson that is, you know, a world-renowned gospel vocalist, gospel artist who can sing like no other. She can sing you under a pew. She's gifted. She's talented. She's amazing. However, she struggles with her own personal demons. And um, and that demon is alcohol addiction. Um, it is no surprise. Most of you all, if you know who Leandria is, you have seen her Periscope's videos on how she went in just talking about people, talking about the church, talking about how she drinks tequila. But, she, you know, she's a grown woman and she can do it from the privacy of her own home. Talked about being controlled by the church and called the church a beast and things of that nature. But I had a question. I had like a serious question because the thing about addiction is, number one, when a person is addicted to something, uh, the people around that person and in that circle know this person is addicted and they see their behavior. I have a question, though. What is happening? Um, who saw Leandria's behavior? Who enabled this behavior how did she even get here how did she get to this part in life what happened to leandria that made her um, become alcohol dependent to where you know she drinks and she becomes inebriated and then her behavior uh, becomes inappropriate and i just have so many questions i was speaking with my wife and i was telling her i i don't have any i don't speak any ill will against her I just want to understand um, because the church, we are masterful in the church, in the black church. We are masterful for celebrating your gift. We will use your gift. We will fly you into different conferences and, and book you to sing on different platforms. However, 
when a mistake is made, then we throw you away. You may have some supporters. You may have some supporters. You may have a small handful of supporters. Then the others will speak negative comments and say negative things, and then they will walk away from you as if you never existed or if they never had a problem of some sort in their life. But the thing about addiction, addiction takes us to a place where we never, ever imagined or even dreamed we would be in a million years. Addiction takes us to the very brink of disaster um, and destruction, chaos and disarray. And it takes us and it slams us into a wall. And then, you know, we kind of recover from the spit out and then we we, we say we're going to do right and we're going to do better. And next thing you know, we're back at square one dealing with the same addiction. And I just have these questions, especially about of the church. How do we uh, how do we get away with celebrating talent and celebrating gifted people? But we do not see. The addictions or the struggles they have. Or do we see the addictions and the struggles that they have and we ignore them and we enable their behavior anyway? And do we enable their behavior under the guise of God understands and God knows my struggle? Um, we make this statement and this statement has been made a lot by people who say things like, well, you know, God knows my heart. Yes, God does know your heart because the Bible says that God knows that the heart is desperately wicked. The Bible says that the heart is desperately wicked. And who else is going to know the heart? Who can know and understand the heart? So do we give them a pass by just saying, God knows my heart? Do we give them a pass? I mean, because I've heard, I've heard sermons, you know, people preaching, well, you know, while you try to get it together, God is holding it together and things of that nature. And I believe we mean well, but I think we also enable and cripple and handicap people who are struggling with addiction. And I think we do this by continually continuing to like bring them to places to minister um, and then speaking highly of them um, and, and, and then saying things to them and, and speaking into their life and, and preaching words out of context. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I said, there are gifted and talented people all over the globe. There are gifted and talented people right in the church, and we all have our struggles. There's no one who can say that they do not have a struggle. You may not have the same struggle as I do, but you do struggle with something. We may not all struggle with alcohol, but there is some sort of struggle we have, some kind of issue we have that we struggle with. Maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's food, maybe it's depression, maybe it's, you know, being promiscuous. Maybe it's, you know, gambling, maybe it's uh, being controlling. Whatever it is, it's a struggle and only God can help us. However, church, we do these people a disservice because they come to our conferences, they come to our churches, they come to our events, they sing us happy, they go home, we speak highly of them. And then we may even notice they have a problem, but we turn 
our heads the opposite way and we don't say anything. We don't address the problem. Or if we do address the problem, the person who has the problem goes into uh, defense mode and then begins to bash the church and to say things like the church is controlling and we're in this this controlling beast of an organization. And I beg to differ. This church is not controlling. I think the church becomes controlling when people want to do what they want to do and they do not want to be held accountable for their actions and or behaviors. This is why people deem the church as a controlling organization, a controlling organism um, that God has designed um, because we want to do what we want to do. It's just, just, just that simple. As humans, we want to do what we want to do. We love pleasure. We run away from what gives us pain. And we just want to do what we desire to do and what we see fit and see as right in our own eyes. So addiction has a way of bringing your behavior into the limelight to where people can see you and the covers come off and then you're exposed. God didn't expose her. Satan didn't expose her. It was her own actions and decisions that exposed her. However, the Bible says if a man be overtaken by a fault, ye which are spiritual, we are to restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. But the church, I have an indictment because we don't restore anyone in the spirit of meekness. Most times we don't. We talk about them, we ridicule them, and we toss them through to the side as if they no longer have a purpose, they no longer have a plan. And as if they are dirty laundry and God is not pleased. And God is saying he, that God didn't throw them to the side. Their, their behavior, their actions led them there, but God never threw them to the side. And so what I'm saying is we as the church, what we must do, we must understand the importance of reconciliation and bringing people back into right fellowship with God. So this is why I titled this this. This this podcast as Leandria in addiction, Leandria and the Black Church, because we look at figures like Leandria and we celebrate their gift. We see their gift and we also even may see their struggle, but we enable them. We do things to them. We help them out. We give them cash, we give them platforms and we place them on these huge platforms and you know, and we know that they're, they're, they're not ready and we make excuses. Well, God's going to make them ready. No, you weren't ready 10 years ago and you didn't do anything to be ready now. So now we thrust you into spotlight and now you can no longer handle the spotlight and the platform. You don't have the integrity to handle the spotlight and the platform that you're on. And then when you fall and you fall from grace, you fall from the grace of people. You never fall from the grace of God. Understand that you fall from the grace of people, but you will never, ever, ever, ever fall from the grace of God. I, will, I hope somebody is hearing me that you fall from the grace of people, but you never fall from the grace of God. So Leandria has fallen from the grace of people, but she has never will never fall from the grace of God. God's hands and arms are not too short that he cannot save her. But the church is doing singers and musicians and preachers a huge disservice because we place them on these platforms with these struggles. And because they can speak well, sing well, play well, 
we overlook their struggle and we place them in positions of leadership. We give them large platforms and large responsibility. And when they fall, then they fall from our grace. And then we treat them as if they should no longer exist. It's bad enough that they're addicted. Think about the pain and the embarrassment they feel about being addicted, let alone falling. So when they fall, they're not falling from the grace of God. They're falling from the grace of mankind. Because man, we think that we have this corner on the market of salvation. And this is really boggling to me. It's laughable to me because we think as if we're the only ones that God has saved and God can't save no one else. This is such a total false misrepresentation of who God is and the strength of his power and his might and his grace is. And, and we treat people as if they are unredeemable. And it goes against everything what the word of God says, you guys. We treat them as if they're unredeemable. We treat them as if they're unlovable. And these are the people who God, he embraces even more because we throw them to the side. But then the scripture tells us we need to take heed lest we fall. Because such were some of you. It's amazing how we get saved and turn our life around. And then we criticize others who made the same mistakes and did the same things that we once did before we received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So Leandria is gifted. She's talented. She's an amazing vocalist. She just has a problem with alcohol addiction. And since she has a problem with this alcohol addiction, and since she's on this platform, the alcohol addiction is, is breaking apart the platform that she is on. However, the church is standing by idly and they are critiquing her. And I'm not sure if many people are reaching out to her to help her find healing and wholeness. Sure, she's on Ayana to Fix My Life. But is she on that show because this is a ploy to get money? Or is she on that show because she really wants help? But what are we going to do as the church? Are we going to allow what she's doing to cause us to treat her as if she's worthless? Think about that. What if God treated you as if you were worthless every time you messed up and made a mistake? Yes, I get it. Pastors and elders and bishops and superintendents, I get it. Saints of the Most High God, they attend the first church of the deep. I understand. Yes, her behavior is not becoming of a Christian. It's not of becoming of holiness. It's not of becoming... Um, of righteousness. However, she is a human being and she is a child of God. And at the end of the day, God loves her more than we will ever be able to love her. His love is inexhaustible. But church, we have to do better because we dog people. We talk about people. We, we place them on pedestals, we snatch the pedestal from up under them, we put them on gossip columns and we talk about them, we screenshot, we laugh, point the finger, but we don't understand where they come from. We don't understand how they fail. We don't understand how they wound up where they are now. So we make fun of what we don't understand and what we don't know. And this is a sign of immaturity for many of us who are in the church. All right, and we're back. The second segment of um, addiction, Leandria and the Black Church.
as I left off in the first segment, you know, I was talking about how the church does a disservice to a lot of its, um, what do I say, premier or, you know, talented, um, gifted people, preachers, teachers, singers, um, all of these wonderful gifts that we have in the body. However, um, when we see when someone is struggling or have an addiction or their behavior becomes exposed because of the addiction, um, what we do in most cases is we throw them to the side or we quickly disavow any type of knowledge or friendship we may have with them to save face. However, I don't believe this is what Jesus did um, even when he was walking the earth. Bible says that Jesus reclined with the publicans and the sinners and the religious people of his day wanted to stone him or accuse him of blasphemy for hanging out with the people who were quote unquote less desirable, those who were homeless, those who were broken, those who were damaged, and those who had the problems. But the what one of the funny things is that the religious people of Jesus' day were the ones who had the same problems as those who were seen as broken and and abused. However, they used their influence and their position of power and the affluence to mask and cover up their issues. But Jesus did expose them and he called them a generation of vipers and he said things to them and, and, and showed them that they could not look down on their brother. However, they still did it anyway. So, as you know, as I look at um, Leandria and her situation, uh, even in the church, uh, I applaud Leandria for going to get help. Um, however, I do not applaud anyone who has spoken disparaging words about her. Yes, her behavior was not mature. It was not that of becoming a Christian. But she has a struggle with addiction and alcohol addiction. And as I said previously, addiction causes us to act and behave in ways in which we would never have ever thought about behaving in before. Alcohol addiction, drug addiction, any type of addiction makes you do things that are totally out of your character. And my heart goes out to her and my prayers go out to Leandria because there had to have been people in her circle who saw what she was going through and perhaps some of them wanted to help and perhaps some of them didn't. Because when you begin to ascend the ladder of fame, there will be some people who will be your yes man and will do exactly what you tell them to do for the sake of losing position that will bring them some type of popularity and some fame. And those yes men and women were the ones who enabled her behavior and who enabled her to continue to drink. Now she has gone on to um, ask for and receive help from um, Ayanla. And as I was, I was going through uh, my uh, Instagram feed, I saw that Ayanla gave a shout out to um, Donald Lawrence, um, who 
said that he was the one who placed the call in to Ayanla to reach out to Leandria because he wanted to see Leandria get free and did not want to see this addiction destroy her. And he said that he wanted her to be around for her family. Kudos to you, Mr. Lawrence, for taking the initiative to call someone and to get some help for Leandria. Now, the church may not agree with what's going on. They may not agree with using Ayanla. However, that does not matter. The, the fact is she is getting the help that she desperately needs. And I wish to God that many more of us in the church would be that honest and that brutally honest and say, hey, I'm struggling. I have an addiction. I have this issue. I'm suffering with that issue and I need help. Gone are the days of shaming someone because of their their issue. Uh, gone are the days of placing a negative stigma on someone because of how the addiction in their life causes them to behave. Gone are the days of judging people because we don't struggle with the issue that they're struggling with. The truth is we all struggle with something. However, are we going to be honest with what we struggle with and are we going to get help? Sure, we may not all struggle with alcohol addiction. We may not all struggle with drug addiction, but there's sex addiction, there's food addiction, there's approval addiction. There's all kind of addictions that we have, you know, and, and we do our very best to mask them. I was speaking to a group of women um, a few days ago and I told them this. I said the church does a masterful job of teaching people how to cover up for the sake of saving face. All the while we are spiraling out of control. And when we're home alone and by ourselves, we have to deal with the real us. Once we take off the shoes, we take off the suit, the clergy collar. Once we put down the microphone and come from behind the lectern or the sacred desk of preaching and laying hands, we have to deal with some very real issues that we have within ourselves, And it is unfair and it is obtuse and short-sighted and almost idiotic to downplay and degrade and demean people who are going through struggles, even though we may not be facing that same struggle. The church is masterful. We have taught people to struggle and fake it until they make it. And we ask people questions like, how are you doing? And we answer and tell them and say, I'm OK. And the problem is we're not OK. But guess what? It is OK to not be OK. It's OK to not be OK. This may be an unpopular opinion, but it is certainly un it is certainly OK to not be OK. We don't all have it together. Not one of us have it all together. Before we get up to sing, preach, minister to anyone, we have dabbled, we have done things that are shameful. We all have. So how dare we sit on this pedestal in this seat of judgment and act as if we are like God's enforcers. God didn't call us to be the enforcers. He called us to love. He called us to love. And what I think we kind of mix up what love is and what true love is. Sure. Yeah. You know, she, Leandria has 
She had the alcohol addiction and she's getting help. But are we going to sit around and talk about her? Are we going to watch the TV show that's going to come on own? And are we going to have side caucuses about her? Are we going to tweet about her? Are we going to say things about her on Instagram? Or are we going to really pray? Because truth be told, some of you all are sitting under pastors who have alcohol addictions. Some of you are ministers of music and you have an addiction. Some of us are uh, deacons and have addictions. It may not be alcohol, but there's a struggle you have. So we don't have the right to talk about anyone. Who are we? Where do we get this self-righteous attitude from? Since when did it be okay? When did it become okay to talk about someone because of the struggle that they have? See, the thing about money, when you have money, money allows you to have more access to the thing that controls you. So Leandria had money. She rose to fame. She had money. And with money comes more access. You can buy more things. Some of us, the reason why we can't purchase things that help us, you know, that enable us in our addiction is because we don't have the money to. She had the money. She was bold. She was out front with it. Was that behavior okay? No. And again, I do not condone the behavior. But this is what happens when we are addicted. Our behavior changes. Our mindset changes. Our mental condition changes because it is the substance that we are craving that causes us to behave in a certain way. It's not her fault. It's not her fault at all. Like I said, she never one time woke up in the morning and said, you know what? You know what I want to do today? I want to be addicted to alcohol. Not one time. Not one person ever who's addicted to any substance or anything has ever said, you know, when I grow up, I want to be an addict. Not one person. So I think it's be beyond time. It is high time for us to get off of our pedestals of judgment. Get out of our seats of judgment and get on our knees and pray. That's what we need to do. We need to sit and pray. Because we don't have it all together. Leandria, thank you for opening up yourself and making yourself vulnerable and allowing people in to see, number one, your struggle, and number two, the path that you're on to be healed and to be whole. We all need to take a look at ourselves and understand this one thing, that had it not been for the grace of God, we could all be in a lot worst worse situation than we are in if we would not forgot covering us we could be a lot we could be so bad you all man it's it's amazing i'm so grateful to god that he he covers me with his grace because if he did not i would self-destruct and the truth of the matter is many of you are on the verge of self-destruction you are you just have not been caught. You're hiding. 
There was no exposure, but you are on the verge of self-destruction. However, God loves you. He loves you beyond your, your, your addiction. He loves you beyond your issue. He wants you to give you, he wants you to give him and trust him with your issue. That's what he wants from you. So again, kudos to Leandria. Thank you for sharing your struggle with us. And thank you for sharing the process of healing. I'm going to pray for you, Leandria. And I pray that millions around the world will join me in doing the same thing. Because like I said, we all have an issue. And I think that the church needs to look at the scriptures and search the scriptures out again and study so we can understand that it is only the grace of God that we have not fallen. And it is the grace of God that when we have fallen, he picks us up, cleans us up, and then he places us right back on our path to destiny. Leandria has a great destiny. She has a great future ahead. Church, we need to pray. We need to pray more now like than never before. It is our duty. It is our job. It is our right to uphold anybody and everyone. The Bible tells us in Corinthians that we are the ministers of reconciliation. That is our job. This is what we do. So when we see others fall, we don't tweet about it. We don't expose them. We don't start gossip columns. We pray. That's what we do. Because if the shoe were on the other foot, you would want someone to pray for you as well. You wouldn't want someone to pick up their phone and, and take snapshots and screenshots and then send your, your, your dirt and your mess to other people so they can gossip about you. Because it don't feel too good when the shoe's on the other foot. All right, guys, I love you so much. I don't know any of you. And I may know some who have subscribed to my podcast, but I love you. And I love you because Christ has compelled me to love you. We are no different than anyone struggling. Donnie McClurkin sang a song that was popular. We fall down, but we get up. For a saint is just a sinner who fell down, but got up. The Bible says that, a, you know, that a man falls seven times. But he gets back up. Thank God for picking me back up. Thank God for picking you back up. All right, y'all, I'm out of here. This is your friend, your boy, Will Smith. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you have heard something. Something was said that, you know, has provoked some thought. I hope that something was said that pricked your heart. I hope something that was said that encouraged you. And before I go, let me tell you this. While you are seeking Jesus, get a therapist. Because Jesus and therapy is so dope. Our mental health is precious to us. Our peace of mind is precious. So while you're seeking Jesus for your issue and for him to heal you and deliver you from your issue, go see a therapist as well. All right. That's my time. I'm out of here. I'll talk with y'all later. Y'all be good.